welcome to Fluence, reasonable feminism for reasonable people. We discuss the issues women face, why they matter, and possible solutions. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So today we're talking about seven chick tropes that we don't want to say hate, but that really just don't help women. <laughs> but they're ones we see all the time. And we actually got talking about this a little bit earlier today. And we just decided to sit down and make it a podcast because the more we talked about it, the more hilarious, ridiculous some of these tropes seemed. Yep. So we're doing seven. And yeah, we were just sitting eating dinner. And we got talking about chick flicks. And then all these horrible things about them. So we made a list and we've got seven and we're going to share them. Number one. Oh, this one just bugs me. <laughs> irks. The work she's looking for is irks. <laughs> irksome. It's just so irksome. It's just so unhealthy. And young girls see it. It's that the guy is always a jerk. Why is he always a jerk? And then she falls in love with him. And then like sometimes he becomes not a jerk or you find out he wasn't a jerk. But they always portray him as a jerk. He's arrogant. He's cocky. He's noncommittal. He's mean. Right. Whatever he's, it is. He's either a jerk because, you know, your love hasn't changed him yet. Mm -hmm. Or because you just don't know him well enough. Yes. And I think this actually influenced people that I used to date because they'd like do some jerky things. And I'd be like, it's fine. Like, I just don't know his tender heart well enough. And then I would date him. And after a couple of years of this, I was like, hmm. They're actually, they're actually just a jerk, actually, aren't they? Right. Or you see one nice thing that they do for someone that just like, oh, this is so sweet. And then you if there's one it? of those 17 things that he's done, you're like, yeah, you know, he's probably really a nice guy underneath when yeah. really maybe he's not that great and you just need to let it go. Choose the good guy. Choose the healthy guy from the start. Like there are nice guys out there. Choose a nice one. You don't have to choose a jerk and wait for them to suddenly become a nice guy because they have some potential. Like, no, be with a nice guy. Yeah. And That's I it. like the idea that your relationship doesn't have to like evolve so much over time where it starts out so horrible. But really, if you choose a healthy guy from the beginning, you could have a great, happy, healthy relationship right from the beginning. And just to mention, we're talking about the biggest blockbuster chick flicks we watched growing up, which historically have portrayed heterosexual relationships. Now, this is changing. So just know when we're discussing this, we're usually referring to the guy or whoever, but just know it could be applied to any kind of character traits, um, relationship dynamics, partners, etc. I mean, unlike the movies, people don't tend to change for you very often. Like yes. That. Not like, not big basic principles, yeah. like kindness to other people. Yeah, we all, yeah. we all change in relationships, but... That, like, no, like your boss from two weeks notice is not going to be this guy for that's picks in other people, like doesn't see the little man, is like super posh, really difficult to work with, to someone that's really tenderhearted that's going to do a 180 because he saw the light <laughs> in a very short amount of time because of your love. Like, I don't want to undersell <laughs> like the power of love, but if he's a jerk, like there are reasons in his life for years that made him act the way he is, and, and I could change that. Sets up very unhealthy and unrealistic expectations. Look, we all dated a lot before we got married. Please take us at our word. It, it just. <laughs> I don't know anyone who actually was better at the end. By the way, before you all say that maybe we're just three bitter women getting together, being mad about these things, the three of us are married and in great, happy relationships. So 
Anyway, take that for what it's worth. And also, I don't know anyone who married a jerk and is happy. So also, take that for what you will. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. Marry a nice guy. Right. Okay, number two on our list. So in the movies, they always show the guy's not interested. He has his, like all these other women. He's doing his own thing. And then he doesn't realize the value and worth of this woman. But then, you know, years later, he does some grand gesture, when spur she's of the moment. Someone else. Yeah, she's already <laughs> dating someone else or already, or already engaged to someone else. And the guy decides that this is the time to tell her how he really feels. So one, he will run through New York City and go up an elevator in a building that no one will let him into and then bust (laughs) open a glass, a giant glass office and interrupt her presentation at work. Or he'll you know, ride a horse across the whole island and show up at her wedding and interrupt it and tell her that he loves her at the wedding. Got hit by a cab on the way there. Yeah, all of these huge dramatic grand gestures. And then the best part about it is the woman is just supposed to drop every single decision she's made, every single thing in her life, all of her plans, because he busted open the door and came in and swept her off her feet and she's like yeah i don't care about my job or my wedding or my family or anything because you're here what is that the big romantic (laughs) gesture like i can't imagine being okay so i used to work at goldman i cannot imagine being in new york and someone, first of all, you can't even get into that building. High security. Exactly. You cannot you get into the let's building. Just say you could. <laughs> like, get into the interrupted meeting that I am conducting to, like, profess your love. I am not in the mood right then to be like, <laughs> take me, I'm yours. Like, I'm going to be mortified. I'm going yes. to be mortified. And now, even now, if I'm the boss of the meeting, I'm still going to be like, wait outside. Like, I, I just, I'm not a pawn. Like this is a my real life. Or like maid of honor. She's got this great guy who's Scottish. Who I, she hasn't dated him that long. I get that, but he really, he's a really quality guy. And her best friend is this total playboy who like ignores women, has no examples of healthy relationships with them, except for his friendship with her. And he just decides at the end, like, you know what? I'm the one you wanted all along. So let me burst into your wedding while you're walking <laughs> down the aisle and pick me, by the way. Like, no, that people would think you were incredibly rude. It's not romantic. It's not that we don't value professing your love in a great moment because you should. If you feel something, you should say it. And usually, I'm going to say usually, most of the time, (laughs) you won't regret speaking up and talking about your feelings. In the long term. In the long term. So if you do and you want to have a great speech and you want to say the thing right at the airport before she's about to get on a plane, okay, that's a better place. In the middle of her board meeting, not a great place. (laughs) You can just stand outside, pace around, get a drink of waters because you're a little sweaty from running through new york and wait wait take a moment take some towels into the arm wait for her to come out <laughs> of the meeting politely. and then tell her tell her all your feelings so don't get us wrong we love professing your love but you know just be considerate there's, there's a time and a place yes yeah, it's consider. probably not like tackling the bride as she's walking down the aisle she, That's... Ha- she has a life too you know yeah. <laughs> Gosh. okay this leads perfectly into number three which is when you have the chance to communicate a very important piece of information, Ugh. do it. Mm. So two movies that are the perfect example of this. One of them is Something Borrowed, 
where they love each other and <sighs> all of these things just keep happening in the movie because they won't say it. And I get it. They don't know how they feel or if they can just jump into a relationship. I get it. So painful. But there are so many things that need to be said. Just say them. The worst example I've ever seen of this is in Love, Rosie. They love each other and never say it. And it is the worst. Guys, you just need to say the thing. <laughs> I can't handle any more plot lines where the central conflict is not having a conversation like, i'm like that's it that's the whole that's the whole conflict your entire plot revolves around these two people not talking to each other oh it's not a strong enough conflict for me and on that note number four is the trope of carrying on a long-term lie and the woman temporarily gets mad that she's been duped for their entire relationship, but not so mad that at the second apology, she won't completely forgive him and move on. Like yeah. your entire relationship is based on a lie. I, and it, that one lie, a long-term lie requires so much repeated lie. And I'm not saying you can't ever come back from that, but just the trope that like, okay, you didn't accept that apology where we were mad and silent for a little while. But once I make a big gesture, then you will. Yes. Again, back to the big gestures. No, no one gets over something yeah. like that that quickly. Right. Like, And then everything's fine and she trusts you perfectly and it's all happy ending. Right. Relationships are built on trust. So in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, when you're both lying to each other for a few weeks, like you have some real moments, but you're going to have to work through that. Like, I don't know what these tropes are that, and sometimes in these movies there are misunderstandings, but so many chick flicks are just about, he told this lie that's the conflict. We wait until the lie is discovered. And then we see if this relationship survives. Spoiler, it does. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, wait. In defense of men, in Made in Manhattan, she's the one that lies mm -hmm. and she carries on the lie. But and there's like, you know, like a kind of justifiable reason that it makes it seem like it's okay. But in real life, this matters a lot. Like when you carry on a lie for a long time, it's not just the lie. It's everything that you did over time and all the tiny lies over and over and over to cover up the thing and nobody is okay with that that harms your trust in your relationship and it's not cool yeah it's like while you were sleeping spoiler alert in while you were sleeping um she there's this man who she she thinks is beautiful comes to the train station every day basically he gets put in a coma and she pretends that she's his fiance and hangs around him. And during this process, while waiting for him to wake up and pretending that she's his, his fiance, she falls in love with his brother, which mm. caused a lot of complicated feelings, right? <laughs> because she's supposed to be engaged to this other guy, but really she's in love with the brother too. But like, they don't know. It's just really difficult. Okay. So they eventually resolve that. She figures out she wasn't the fiance. They forgive each other. In real life, this probably doesn't end with them forgiving each other and like now being married to the brother. In real life, this ends with a person on TikTok saying their weirdest date relationship story. <laughs> <laughs> this woman came out. She wasn't who we thought. She claimed she was engaged to my brother and she wasn't. She's a psycho. Like that is how it ends in real life. That trend is so hilarious. <laughs> Number five. This is the one that I think bugs me the most because I actually think it's the most harmful for women and men. It's the idea of stalking for love. Like the girl says no. She says no repeatedly to your advances. So if you just try hard enough, if you just prove your love hard enough, if you just stalk her, 
follow all of her readings, accidentally run into her enough times, know yeah, like where show she is. Up to her, show up to her work after she's getting off yeah. of work. Show up on her dates yes. when people do that with the <laughs> dates. What right. is that? It doesn't matter what she says. If you are persistent, she will fall in love with you. Just stalk until you're in love. Yeah. And in some cases, this goes to blackmailing. Like in the notebook, when she he lays in the middle of the street until she says what he wants her to. No, no, no. It's in the beginning when they're at the carnival and he's like after her. He does Because both. when he lays in the street, they're together and it's like cute and nice. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> when she's dating another guy and she says no, and she says like, this is the boundary. I'm dating another guy. And then he decides to climb up to the top of the Ferris wheel and hang himself off it until she agrees to go out with him. Yeah. They have made that somehow look romantic in real life. So creepy. Yeah. Not cool. Kind of like manipulative. Yeah, super manipulative. And this one is problematic for different reasons. I think that one is that it, you know, is telling guys like, oh, if you just keep doing this, if you're just insanely persistent, then she will love you. Try harder. The other part is that, yeah, no matter what she says, that what she really means is that she wants you to try harder. Yeah. And no doesn't mean no. But the other part that's dangerous about this is that it also sends the wrong message to women to make you think that what you should do is play hard to get. That's what will get you the guys. That's what will be, I don't know, what will be like fun or rewarding mm-hmm. in the end. If you play hard to get, then he will come after you. You have to make him work for it. He'll like do the all big of, romantic gesture for right. you. Yeah, He's all just of these things. To know. Which is so confusing. Right. Like if we're telling men, look, no means no. And you need to be respectful of that. Then we also can't play the other side where we're going to be like, oh, actually, mm-hmm. what I really want you to do is just try more. If I say no, really, I mean, yes, but yeah. I just can't admit to myself that I really do love you. Like, Keep no. calling. I'm not going to respond to your text or I'm going to wait a day to respond. But like, right. really, that means I'm interested. <laughs> right. I yeah. just no. This might come as quite a shock, but it turns out men are actually not great mind readers um nobody they is they don't know <laughs> communicate I'm, back to the other point it, just communicate yeah, it, yes. it, it, it turns out that like words are are more effective and i think actually the older you get the less tolerant you get i when i was younger i used to think like well like, i can't i can't text him back right away because if i text him about too many times then he doesn't answer me back like you know i'm just i'm it's too easy i, mm. I just have to like make him wait and the older i got the more i was like so stupid like, yeah after right. you've dated for a while you're pretty sick of those games or like the girls like oh i don't want to feel lame or pathetic like i'm trying Needy. too harder yeah like oh i want him to make the move which is fine i mean there's a time and a place and it has to be a good balance but just playing hard to get for the sake of having him try over and over no just yeah. say what you mean and you know be honest about your feelings and have upfront conversations and be open and vulnerable yes say no if you mean no and say no if you mean no (laughs) the other one with this that oh is so not okay is the non-consensual stuff and when they romanticize it and make it look sexy like mm, we've talked about it with star wars so many all harrison ford movies for some reason so many like no okay but now that you're like slamming me against a wall now i want you and now it's like sexy and we're in the mood all of a sudden yeah if a guy just leans closer corners you (laughs) into this corner of the room and is standing over you suddenly that's when you want it like no no that it would just scare women (laughs) (laughs) if with her body language words texts is telling you no it just means no and we need to leave it at that yeah okay let's see we're on number number six two to go 
Ah, uh, this one is sad. The girl doesn't know she's pretty. Mm, I'm, I even remember this in like Pink Panther, where at the end he takes her glasses off or whatever and the music is all like, Aha, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, like now she's pretty. She was always pretty. Or the, um, what was the other one we are saying? The straightened hair or whatever. Yes. People think that makeover means straighten your hair and take off your glasses. Mm-hmm. And now, now you are the most beautiful woman alive. It's Princess Diaries yeah. in a nutshell. Also Princess yeah. Diaries. With Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Paolo though. <laughs> I do love Paolo. They call them male muscle. Wow. <laughs> no, I just like, it's a different hairdo and mascara and they snap the glasses in half over and over again. Yeah. And it's sad because it makes, and maybe women do this to themselves, which I think is really sad, but women always feel like they need to change themselves to look pretty. And this always drove my dad crazy. Like in high school, we'd all be getting ready for prom and the girls with the straight hair are curling their hair. The girls with the curly hair are straightening it. And he was always like, why are you guys doing that? Like, (laughs) and he would always tell us the guy asked you out because he likes how you look. And then you're going to show up and you don't even look like yourself. Like you don't even have the same hair. He liked your hair. Which, it, it's just sad. Like, you're pretty the way you are. You don't... I hate that girls feel like they have to make themselves different to then feel pretty. One makeover I totally appreciate is in my big fat Greek wedding because she just has big curly hair and it's beautiful. And she, like, wears it so beautifully. And she just has beautiful curly hair during the whole show. So I really appreciate that. I have curly hair and I hate that the makeover is like, oh, straight in this crazy frizz ball. Uh-huh. Okay, no. yeah i saw this tiktok with this girl today which i thought was hilarious because she's like what it's this girl and she dressed up in a high school uniform to look like a high schooler but she looks like she's 30 or something and she has these glasses on she's like wait what what's that i look good without glasses and she takes them off and like the hallelujah chorus like type music plays she's Uh like did you know that these come off did you know that like i could look pretty without them like and then they take the glasses off and they can't see anything. It's totally ridiculous. <laughs> they can't function. They're like running into things and falling. Right. But it's fine. It's worth it because they look pretty. Ugh. I appreciate that the curly gold method is in, in style right now. Everybody just wear your natural hair. It's beautiful. That's something I really loved about the to all the boys I loved before. Yeah. Like it doesn't have that makeover scene. And not that she needs it because she's so cute yeah. and so pretty. But... It was just a different kind of story. I really appreciated it. And one thing that people have said about that movie that I also think kind of goes with like the makeover thing is not just that you're pretty, but that the girls will be like clumsy or they can't handle, you know, all the things going on or they're just like kind of a mess sometimes. And then whatever, some like transformation happens. But that people have said about that to all the boys I've loved before that she's like just a normal person like put together she does well in school she has goals and ambition and to portray someone in that in that way i really appreciate she was a strong female character and she didn't need to be saved or anything or when they just show a strong female character but she's just like so mean and awful right and so if she is strong and successful then she's witchy yeah Yeah. then she's the worst and so it's interesting because that is true that (laughs) likability and success do not correlate for women um but maybe they could if we represented it in art (laughs) culture (laughs) yes but in movies it is possible to have your life put together be reasonable smart successful and a nice, calm person that's reasonable. Totally. 
Okay. Our final number seven. This is about conflict. There are a couple of things here. The first, they just always make it look like there has to be conflict. Like they're never friends in relationships. I, well, I guess sometimes they're friends. Like they grew up together. Mm. When they meet on the street, it's never that they have like a long term friendship when they're introduced to each other. Yeah, like if they're meeting at the start of the movie, mm-hmm. they don't have a like lengthy friendship. It's either like a childhood, like years long friendship, right. or immediate love interest. Yeah, it's not a slow yeah. burn. They're always like they're a colleague, or you're assigned on a work project together, and you hate them, and like they're the worst, and she's obnoxious, and he's arrogant, or whatever. And they just always set it up like there's supposed to be conflict, and all relationships have this much conflict, which. Of course, every relationship has its struggles, but, and then there's this lack of conflict resolution where people are always so angry and they're throwing things and they're screaming. And the way that conflict is portrayed is also just so unhealthy. It makes people think that it's normal to just burst out into a fit of rage when it's something that you don't like, that it's normal to throw things at people if you aren't you know, if you're really mad that it's totally normal to just scream at the top of your lungs at somebody because you disagree with something or because you are, you know, hurt by something that they did. And or that it's normal to give people the silent treatment to do all of these like super unhealthy forms of of conflict resolution. And then at the end, you know, it doesn't sometimes they just don't even resolve it at all. One person just leaves. They just sleep in a different room, like all of these things that happen that are really negative when really going back to the communication, you should be able to just sit down, express how you feel, say this is something that was hurtful to me. This is why or this is what I need. And I understand that maybe this is what you need. How can we come up with a compromise or, you know, like what's a middle ground that we can find something that shows like positive conflict resolution Instead of just let's scream and yell at each other and throw things. And then to make up, we're just going to have really mm. hot sex. Like, no. The makeup sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we went from screaming. Nothing turns me on like screaming at each other. <laughs> and then like, yeah, that's just two seconds later. We're just fine. Going, yeah. No, no. It's not how it works. And there's so many arguments in very public spaces. Like, Also out in public. 27 dresses. Hitch. Right. Um, how to lose a guy in 10 days when they're sing screaming at each other. Like, I have never had a public argument that like blew up that way with someone I'm still close to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've had lots of disagreements with people who I am still close to, but like a major blowout like that, it's not a sign of like we're doing a 180 for true love. Yeah, it's definitely not a requirement for any healthy relationship. Yeah. You can have disagreements and plenty of conflict without having to scream at each other. Not necessary. Yeah. I mean, by all means, we're not telling you to cancel your favorite chick flicks. Just to think about the message they're sending and perhaps what is not realistic, what you do need to emulate and what you really should not. Right. And I think it doesn't mean you can't watch the movies, but just watching it, just critically think through them while you watch like, oh, they're romanticizing this or, oh, actually, she didn't consent. Oh, that's not great. Or here's a red flag. <laughs> but it's a cute movie and it's totally fake, but it's cute. In terms of solutions, though, they're better when women are involved in the filmmaking. <laughs> when they're female directors, that they're stronger true. female protagonists. And I admire the female actresses who speak up and are like, what? You want me to do what? You're making my character do this. And like, who pushed back a little bit? Yeah. 
I've seen so many examples of women who do that. Like even in Disney princess movies, when Emma Watson was like, I'm not wearing those little flats for yeah. Belle because those are completely impractical and I'm yeah. going to wear these boots because she's working in things. Or um, I guess Kristen Bell didn't like Anna from Frozen very much at first because she couldn't see herself in the character. And originally Anna was written like in a very classic princess. She was very polite and very perfect. And she was like, I want her to snore and like be kind of awkward and be like when I was younger, like someone we can relate to. And yeah. I think those make the characters more live and more dimensional. And so, yeah, having women, the screenwriting process and the directing process, I think is huge. Yeah. So enjoy your chick flicks, but be analytical when you watch them. <laughs> And maybe point out the things you notice to people you're watching them with, too. I think that goes a long ways. Yeah. Definitely think twice about what is real life and what is not real life and how that would play out in real life and how it could be better. We want you to watch them and be a feminist, but be a reasonable one. Aha. <laughs>